0: The Worldcraft Club Podcast. Welcome to the podcast,
1: a time devoted to world building and its impact on narrative, where we discuss any and all topics involving the crafting of fictional settings to inspire your creativity. My name is James. And my name is Seth. And we are your hosts for this delightful half hour.
0: All right. Welcome, dear listeners, to another episode of the Worldcraft Club podcast. So, Seth, let's
1: deal with superheroes. Well, they sure are popular recently. Superheroes are a pretty fascinating topic because they come from a very specific medium mm. that is now being sort of pulled out
0: reimagined I think is the word
1: (laughs) yeah reimagined that's a great word they're crossing a lot of different mediums Mm -hmm. and they're interesting because they implicitly come with a number of different things they come with a number of philosophical questions they -hmm. come with a number of specifically world-building questions and depending on the medium they're in those questions are answered in a stronger or weaker way yeah I mean do do you want to dive into that a little bit like in terms of the medium like how do you think that changes in
0: sort of a stronger weaker? sure
1: so i think that as we're talking about superheroes we really cannot divorce them from the medium that they sort of naturally came from Mm. so so being comic books yeah comic books so superheroes have come from comics right and over the last what 60 70 years they have really come into their own and they have really established themselves as the genre-defining or medium-defining sort of story, right? When you think of comics, you think of superhero Superheroes. stories. That's right? true. Yeah, and yeah, yeah. When, when comics first started coming out, there were Westerns, there were all sorts of stuff. You know, there were all sorts of different types of stories coming out, and there still are. But overall, comics are just completely dominated by superhero stories. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And let's say it takes me a year to write a book. Mm -hmm. The amount that I can produce in that year, in terms of just overall story, is significantly larger than the amount that a visual artist could produce in the same amount of time. And the reason for that is because it takes me 15 minutes at most to write down a little paragraph describing a scene. Mm. And then everything else is left up to the reader's imagination. Yeah. For a visual artist, that's not necessarily the case. Well, you're outsourcing your imagery to your reader when you do that. That's right. That's right. Visual artist,
0: more is expected of them.
1: Yeah. I'm giving them, I'm giving my reader license to imagine whatever they want. Right. Yeah. Whereas a visual artist is saying, no, this is the specific representation of the world that I'm building, Mm -hmm. and this is what it looks like. Yeah. Now there's some definite advantage to being able to do that. So a great yeah. example of that would be setting. If an artist wants to set something in London, all they have to do is have a shot of Big Ben in the background as the camera pans by, or as the as the panel moves, right? Yeah. And all of a sudden, the reader knows exactly where they are, and they can then, from context clues. And from yeah. background in details, they can set up the world that this superhero is
0: part of. Yeah,
1: I mean, the televisual medium
0: has has that as well, where you can um, where you can establish a lot of setting and a lot of world building details. And this this is one of the big differences is you go between different media. In in books, you have to be very explicit. You have to draw attention. of of a reader to what you wish them to look at, which can feel a little self-serving at times with world building. So there's there's sort of a subtlety to writing books and crafting worlds that you can kind of avoid if you are doing it visually, though there's definitely an art to placing those kinds of things as well.
1: Correct. Yeah. So to a certain extent, though, we're getting ahead of ourselves. Hmm. So we've talked a little bit about how the medium has shaped The world of superheroes, how comics have influenced this. I think though we want to mention our fairy cake.
0: Hmm. Seth, before we jump too deep into fairy cake, what's fairy cake for our new
1: listeners? Fairy cake is our term for the quintessential essence of whatever it is we're talking about. Mm. So we're talking about superhero stories here. We're really looking for the primary thing from which everything else in the genre is extrapolated yeah the the big idea the big idea yeah and for any of you guys who are um wondering why we call it fairy cake head on over to our website there's a Mm. little there's a tab where you can see where that term comes from and and why we're using it but let's talk about our big idea hmm I think that we really have to acknowledge that in superhero stories fairy cake is sort of split into two pieces physical Mm. and a philosophical physically superhero stories all deal with people or people like entities Mm. that have powers that regular humans don't. Yeah. So there's always there's always a physical component to it. Mm. Philosophically superheroes are people with power who struggle with what it means to be human. Hmm. This is also why all superhero stories are superhero-verse villains. There is a yeah. moral distinction between the characters in our story.
0: Yeah, it's not just a whole lot of people mucking around trying to figure out what's good or bad. There's usually somebody identified as the goody and somebody who's identified as the baddie and uh, they're fighting
1: and the moral structure of the comic 60 years ago is very different than the moral structure of the comic today yeah so i think we could probably get lost in talking about the philosophy (laughs) of sort of good and evil and what it means to be a hero and what it means to be a villain and what it means to be human and what it means to be more than human so sure To a certain extent, I feel like we probably need to set that aside Mm -hmm. for the time being. Yeah, yeah. Because we want this conversation to be primarily about world building. I do think it would be worth probably revisiting at some point, maybe in a future podcast. Yeah, yeah. But let's maybe talk about types of superhero worlds. Okay, so So we said our fairy cake, the thing that that everything is extrapolated from is is sort of two piece, right? The Mm -hmm. physical and the metaphysical. This fairy cake is, is then set into a world. Yeah. I think there is some pretty common themes among those worlds. Mm. The sort of three that I would pick out as primary would be that they all have a modern sensibility. Mm. That is the conception of them is current. Yeah. Yeah. That their setting is for the most part, normally futuristic in Mm. that they have technology that we don't have yeah and that their scope is infinite
0: yeah no i'll follow you on that one an interesting kind of foil to that as well is you look at batman for example gotham is definitely based on chicago um given given the architecture and things like that in it but like batman would fit perfectly well in fallout (laughs) like because he is in a uh, kind of a retro futurist sort of world where mm-hmm. the technology is actually futuristic, but it's futuristic from like a 1940s fifties era conception of futuristic. And then when you talk about infinite, we're kind of dealing with uh, you, you look at Batman and he starts it out and it was the Batman detective series. Mm-hmm. Right. And he was just a detective. And then He's fighting Superman. And it's like we go from one to the other. It's like the scale is infinite. And even as you say, the conception of Superman changed. I think we kind of started with this idea. That it's, oh, Superman, he's just this really powerful dude. He's actually an alien and he can do X, Y, Z. And this is really cool. Look at all these powers he has, all this power set. And then... You kind of go from there and and you kind of expand out and you go, wait a minute, if he was that powerful, and then it sort of extrapolates beyond there. And so you're right. The scope is always infinite. It just starts at the hero's origin story and kind of just expands out from there. It's almost a world building exercise in itself. Um, The past 60 years of comic book writing have been an exercise in building the worlds that the superheroes inhabit.
1: Which has created a problem to some extent. Yeah. because if you have a whole bunch of infinite scope stories slamming up against each other well you've got problems and mm. so one of the biggest challenges of comic books and one of the reasons that every you know 3 to 7 years they just retcon everything <laughs> and they have a big event that you know resets everything the the problem is because things get out of hand now this is also a problem of trying to have multiple writers in the same universe without having an overall governing body that has already set the hard boundaries, right? Yeah. To a certain extent, these worlds are designed as playgrounds, as places mm. for people to play with stories. Oh, I and love to that. explore all sorts of different things. And so if you have a sandbox, mm. you play in it, right? And you build things and you destroy things and you move things. And all of the individual grains of sand end up in different places at the end of every day, but they stay inside the overall sandbox, right? Well, because these worlds are infinite in scope, stories have a real hard time making sure that all the sand stays in the sandbox. Mm. We've talked quite a bit previously about how world building is really an exercise in drawing boundaries. Hmm. And this is one of the, I think, the Man. places that superhero stories in the medium of comic books fail
0: yeah yeah as as a world building exercise and this is this is really interesting because i think we're sort of groping our way toward a new spectrum uh, you, you and I frequently talk about soft versus versus hard worlds, and this idea that you can have something where the boundaries are deliberately not well defined, and on the other end you have very hard physical, like very sensible boundaries, and the types of stories you tell in those worlds are often very different ones. Um, an example would be like uh, what we we don't really know the power set that the ring has in Lord of the Rings, even though. Lord of the Rings is a very, you know, well written and expanded upon universe, there's lots that's left untouched. And so it is, in essence, a soft world that is being made, even though the detail is heavy, there's lots of detail, Um, but not everything is explored. On the other end of the spectrum, we have um, We have worlds that are a lot more rigidly defined and you have to come up with clever ways of solving problems using the existing boundaries that are in place. So their stories focus on different things. And then you have comic books, which are, I would argue, speculative, Um, like it goes beyond soft or hard in terms of, of rigidly defined boundaries and goes directly into basically what if scenarios. And that, that is ultimately what a hero kind of is. What if some guy put on a cape and decided to beat up every criminal in the city, living out the fantasy of every 13-year-old boy in existence? You know, what, what if, like, uh, just an alien came to Earth and he was super powerful? You know, what would we do with that? What if um, an Amazonian from Greek mythology came into the world with a lasso that makes people tell the truth? How would that change the scenarios of the world that we live in?
1: I think that's a really interesting idea, and I think that's something we need to think about because you're right to a certain extent. Superhero stories are undefined because the scope is is infinite, right? And, and mm-hmm. what when we say infinite, what do we mean? We don't mm-hmm. mean necessarily endlessly big from the get go. What we yeah. mean is ever expanding.
0: Yeah, right. Yeah.
1: And every once in a while in comics, you do have people who are playing with the limits right? There's a yeah. limit to what technology can do. So they introduce magic. Yeah. Right? There's a limit to how powerful some, something can get before it just ends the known universe. Mm-hmm. Well, how do we deal with somebody who has a cosmic level of power? Well, you get somebody else with a cosmic level of power, or you introduce another level of power above that, yeah. right? This is sort of the trope that Dragon Ball Z has beaten to <laughs> death. <laughs> yeah, you know. Oh, there's always somebody who's stronger. There's always yeah. another level of Super Saiyan. Yeah. So I do think you're right. Comics fit in a slightly different spot on the spectrum than just saying are they hard world building or soft world building, because in a sense they try to do both simultaneously. That's right? true. They try to leave a, a bunch up to the up to the imagination of the uh, reader or the consumer. And they also try, I think to the best of their ability, define sort of the boundaries of the world. Yeah. Yeah. So they, they kind of want to have their, uh,
0: have their fairy cake and eat it too. Um, yeah, that's where great. they can kind of say like, Oh yeah, well of course, you know, Batman, you learned earlier, Batman has kryptonite and kryptonite is Superman's only weakness. And he put it in his batarang. That's amazing. But at the same time, just expanding Superman's power. So he can like throw a moon or something. <laughs> well, that's like, the, oh,
1: that's the thing. Like, At a certain point, the world building becomes very challenging because in comic books, storytelling always trumps reality. Mm. Right? So we see the Punisher going through the motions of wiping out all of these criminals. Yeah. The reality is a human could not do that. Yeah. Their body just would not stand like it wouldn't work. Right. And Mm. so we call them a superhero. We call them somebody who is more than the Punisher is a superhero because he is more than human. Yeah. But at the same time, a single bullet should end his life. If it. Yeah. And just an unfortunately placed one. I mean, people get shot in the
0: leg all the time in movies and make it. But if that hits your femoral artery,
1: you're done you're done. Paralyzed. Goodbye. Right? So, yeah. so we have to understand that, that in building these worlds with, for superheroes specifically, right? Hmm. There is, there is a suspension of reality that goes beyond simply saying, well, it's the future, or there's new yeah. technology, or this person has powers that, that are above and beyond what uh, a person could normally do. Yeah. We also suspend humanity we suspend the realistic way that people would respond to somebody murdering a whole bunch of people in their neighborhood. Yeah. Right. So there's, (laughs) Mm. superheroes are a tricky thing because the world itself has a level of suspension that is beyond your normal stories. And that really plays out in the way the world is built. Yeah. The greatest example of this in my opinion is the way that regular people become simply a painted backdrop for these stories. Yeah, yeah. It's pan- panicking running people A and B <laughs> like as, yeah. as the fight breaks out. So so my my wife is is fairly sensitive to violence and will not mm. watch superhero movies because of the sheer number of casualties. Yeah
0: and you you know, you know this is actually something that that turning back in on itself there's been a lot of exploration of this in um, the avengers and dc dceu that mm-hmm. there was there was a ton of uh of focus on this you know what mm-hmm. happens when you have superpowered people who are they responsible for who do they who do they answer to i mean one you know uh, sirkova was was a big example of that in avengers but I, I honestly don't think they went far enough which is why like at the end of the day, like, um, I don't know. I think, I think, uh, DC actually, and this is, this is going to be, this is going to be hard to defend. I, I think, uh, we may get some pushback on this, but I'm willing to listen to anybody on this. I, I actually think DC does a better job with that. Like, um, granted there's failures in their movies. I think they're way too dark. They're humorless. I, I, I understand that I follow you with the exception of Aquaman. Um, and wonder woman was, I think really good as well. Um, we're just kind of in this spot where it's like uh they they deal with this idea that what would happen if somebody had godlike powers nobody even trusted batman batman doesn't kill people like they were just mad at him because he branded people and then they would get off in prison and it turns out lex Luthor was was manufacturing that but people were like can we trust batman with this power and then meanwhile you've got like um You've got Iron Man and the Hulk rampaging through a city and blowing yeah. up buildings. Well, and cream. even
1: and and DC does a good job of of nodding to that in Batman versus Superman. Yeah. Right, yeah. where where Batman is going after Superman because he yeah. was there and watched the fight between Superman and Zod. Yeah. And, and he, he saw the devastation that it caused and was like, "No way. This is not happening." Yeah. You know, and again, we have there they play with that idea is Superman really that super or is he yeah. an alien aggressor? Let's, let's a spend a trouble. couple of minutes as we're getting yeah. to the end of our episode. Let's spend yeah. a couple of minutes talking about some specifics for people who are interested in building out superhero worlds. Yeah. We've talked, yeah. So we've talked almost exclusively about comics and then, and movies here. Yeah. But yeah, yeah. I, I do want to say that there is a really fun trend in moving superhero stories to books as well there's a really fun mm-hmm. trend among uh game lit writers and uh kind of associated subgenres in writing superhero stories or superhero like stories so let's yeah. take a couple of minutes here and and really talk practically speaking how yeah. do you set up a superhero world hmm i think there are a couple of considerations that we have to the first is defining your powers. Now, yeah. what I what I, I I don't mean that we have to have a long list of these are all possible powers, these are all possible ramifications of powers, etc. You brought mm. up the fact that superhero stories are largely speculative. And I mm. think that's a really good thing to hold on to, right? We don't have to have hard definition and we don't have to be ultra permissive either. Mm. Right, we can say powers work roughly like this. Mm. So let's say everybody when they turn 13 gets a random drawing of what kind of power they get. Right, that's a superhero world where let's say everybody gets a superpower. And some superpowers are worthless. You know, you can make your teeth grow fast. And other superpowers are more powerful. You can control fire, right? Mm. We might also, uh, if you want to go a different direction, we might say that really there's only one person in the world. Rather than everybody having superpowers, there's only one person in the world who has a superpower, mm-hmm. but they're afraid to tell anybody because the government is very authoritarian, yeah. or they live in a place where, uh, you know, I think of um, uh, what was that story about the, the guy who could teleport? Looper. Oh yeah, yeah right. Yeah. And if you read the book for the In the first book, he doesn't know about anybody else in the world with this. And so it's what does happen when you have a single individual who can teleport? Mm. How does the government engage with him? What does he choose to do with based on who he is as a person? What does he choose to do with this? Right. So I think that the stake that you have to set before you build the rest of your story is how do superpowers work.
0: Yeah. I think, uh, that has to be understood. And, and, and as with any world building, the limitations are perhaps more important than the possibilities. That's right. Being able to say that like Superman is, is, is defined by his limitations. If somebody were to sit and try to list all his powers, they'd run out of fingers, but we
1: know kryptonite's is his weakness. There's lots of different types of kryptonite. Sure. But we know
0: kryptonite is the weakness.
1: Yeah. And over time, um, people have introduced some other ideas, you know, Mm the the sunlight that he uses for energy matters mm. yeah yeah whether right it's so red sun or yellow sun right so he can't regain energy without without being in the light of a yellow sun mm. right now trapping him in a place where he can't get access to that energy is difficult mm. but that's something we can play with right yes. when we see batman uh when we build batman's world out as you said, it, the limitations that he faces are what make him different from Superman. Now, yeah. both of them have infinite money. Superman yeah. because he's Superman and Batman because he's really wealthy. Mm. Both of them have cool hideouts. Yeah. Right. Both of them are very smart mm. and can do detective like things yes. and can create cool technology. Yeah. Both of them are strong and good fighters. Yeah. Batman's limitations are what make him Batman. Yeah. Right. Now Superman again is is sort of defined by not having limitations to a certain mm. extent, yeah. which is a whole different thing to play with. So, I think you I yeah, I think you're right. I think that in addition to defining powers, it's really important to set sort of the limits of the world that you're creating and to try as much mm. as possible to pick a reality or to define a reality and then stick with it.
0: Yeah. And that inherent flexibility uh, in in world building, I I think is kind of an important part of this is that because superhero fiction has a tendency to be more speculative, it really gives a world builder a chance to look at specific things they're dealing with. So like uh, a frequent theme is the loss or, or preservation of their humanity as they, uh, as they go through their world. So oftentimes they have, um, issues with their romantic entanglements. They're not sure, should they tell the person their secret identity? Should they even have a secret identity? Should they reveal that? How can they, how do they interact with people on the street? Um, you know, is is it worth Revealing your secret identity to save somebody in a given moment, or is it better that you don't so they they are continually Conflicted in their relationships with day-to-day people and how to interact with them because secret identities are a world-building Proposition in some worlds. You may decide. Oh, they don't need them in other worlds You may say well plenty of people would want to hurt a superhero and their and their friends so they need to protect the vulnerable people around them. As it says in, um, in Luke Cage, you might be bulletproof, but Harlem ain't. And right. um, that is a world-building proposition and one that also kind of discusses their powers. If the bad guys can't get to you,
1: they can get to your girlfriend. So let's expand that a little bit mm-hmm. because I think that you're hitting on something really important. Superheroes have a massive impact on the world around them. Mm-hmm. And that's true regardless of what power level that you're dealing with. Mm. Now obviously on the cosmic level they have a world altering, physically altering effect on their uh environment. On the detective level they are changing people's lives because they are better than other detectives at solving mysteries. Yeah. Right? Again, to to really focus in on world building, I think it's helpful with superhero stories to give as much definition to the other entities in the world as possible. Mm. so talk about or build out the government if you're if you're designing a superhero story have a good idea of what the authority in the world is like yeah what drives them what motivates them have a good idea of what the neighborhood or the or the city or the country where your story is taking place have a good idea of what it looks like have a good idea of what people value we mentioned earlier how often the regular humans can just kind of serve as window dressing for for a story. In terms of world building, I think it's super effective to actually map out values for the Mm. general population, because that's going to tell you how those people are going to react. Are they going to react by running and screaming? Are they going to react by cowering? Are they going to react yeah. by picking up weapons and deciding that they're going to fight alongside the superhero or against the superhero yeah. and the values that the society holds, it's going to go quite a ways towards giving you a narrative sort of right out of the gate. Yeah. And, and I know that in world building in a lot of our world building conversations, it's very obvious that, that narrative and world building itself sort of bleed into each other. Yeah. But I think that I think that for superhero stories in particular, if you can define the people who are not super, yeah, it will tell you a lot about the person who is.
0: I love that. And I think Spider-Man uh, often grapples with this as he has the um, that one guy, Jameson, who hounds Spider-Man and despises Spider-Man or, you know, may even actually like Spider-Man personally, but definitely can sell newspapers saying that he's a, he's terrible. and. Um, that's a fascinating prospect in itself and is often dealt with particularly in spider-man which um i think is really Mm -hmm. really good and then you have the whole effect in the movies as well where uh, oftentimes a narrative in spider-man is him swaying public opinion and uh people eventually saying no we actually value this this hero is is a new yorker and we value him which is interesting actually because spider-man as a new yorker is a uh is a key identifying fact about spider-man he is yeah. spider-man new yorker i mean that's fascinating and um we could definitely go 10 rounds in this but uh yeah for sure i think
1: i think we'll we'll draw this one to a close here let's remember that at the end of the day all of this is permissive mm. we're we're comics allow us and and superhero stories in particular allow us to explore what it means to be human and what it means for people with power to interact with people without power. And so one of the awesome things about the way superhero stories play out is that we can effectively ignore everything but the idea we want to explore.
0: Mm, it's understood.
1: That yeah, that it's understood it's that, 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 that we don't have to build out a completely comprehensive world, we can simply deal with the idea that we want to deal with. Yeah. So as you guys are writing superhero stories, whether they're in in comic form, whether they're in movie form, whether they're in book form, regardless of the medium, deal with the idea you want to deal with. Explore the idea you want to deal with. Don't worry about don't worry so much about how the rest of the world is working. Mm.
0: So it seems we've come full circle and there's a lot of ways to explore this. You could go in-depth, you could create something very broad as well, and go into a lot of the impacts of it. But superheroes are a thorn in the side of a world builder because they are the axis on which the world tilts. Superheroes are so powerful that they impact the entire world you're creating. So sometimes dealing with those implications can get incredibly complicated. And there's no harm in pursuing that, if that's what you desire, but the consistent trope in the story and the expectation of many of your readers may be dealing with something more specific, asking questions about what a superhero's love life would be like if they got married and they were trying to make it work in suburbia. I think there's actually a comic book devoted to that, which I would love them to make into a movie or a TV show. But, um... On that note, I think we will call it quits for today. Thank you so much for joining us and we look forward to seeing more of you in the future. Thank you for joining Seth and I on the World Craft Club podcast. Please go ahead and like us, subscribe to us on your preferred app. And if you use iTunes, rate us five stars if you think we're worth the rating. It really helps our numbers. If you're listening here, you're missing out on half the content along with loads of other goodies. So please consider becoming an exclusive club member at our Patreon page, starting at as low as $5 a month. If you have any questions, you can go ahead and jump on our webpage, worldcraftclub.com, to get the latest updates on our blog. We're also available on Twitter and Instagram.
1: This has been the World Craft Club podcast. Thank you for listening.